Hello, everyone. Uh, welcome to another edition of Kappa Press. My name is Dinesh Ravindran, and uh, I'm part of the marketing team at Paperfly. Uh, I'll be host for this episode uh, titled Selling in this Digital Economy. And as a guest speaker for uh, this one, I have with me uh, Mike Cook. Uh, Mike and I worked together during uh, my stint, rather, during our stint at Cognizant. Um, he's a fantastic speaker, an excellent thinker. And uh, he's also got a broad range of experience uh, in the services market, particularly in the field of uh, customer experience, buyer side advisory, talent and workforce solutions, cybersecurity, uh, to name a few. Uh, he's also worked with the analyst firms like Nelson Hall, HFS Research, and as, uh, yeah, during the Cognizant stint, he was part of the Center for Future of Work. And uh, currently, he's a director of research at uh, DT Consulting. Uh, Mike, if I may put it right, uh, uh, his expertise lies in identifying the changing dynamics of the business ecosystem and culling the thought leadership out of it. Uh, Mike thrives in change. He loves uh, change. Uh, so with that note, uh, the topic that we'll be discussing uh, is uh, selling in this digital economy and what has changed, uh, how to cope. Hi, Dinesh. Well, firstly, thanks very much for having me on the uh, on the podcast. It's great to chat again. Uh, as you <laughs> mentioned, we have worked together in the past. So just a little bit more about, you know, the work that we do. You know, we're essentially trying to help businesses look five to ten years ahead of the future as to how their business has changed. And of course, in the light of this COVID pandemic, that change is more profound than ever before. So we're working extremely closely with our clients right now, and we're, we're essentially hand-holding with them. But essentially, with it also comes down to the fact that us as an organization are growing and taking on these uh, these same growing pains at the same time as our clients. So we've looked at this from a number of different angles. And I think what one of the biggest takeaways we're going to see as we look back on this time uh, in society is this that this has been online's big bang moment. This has been the push that many companies needed to really take on new digital strategies. And that is multifaceted. So from the most obvious is, of course, the new work at home revolution. So in the professional services world and across industry, we've seen a massive push towards on our home working right now. But then again, you need to have the platforms that enable that. So we've seen huge investments into online collaboration right. tools at Zoom, which we're using right now, uh, Microsoft Teams, which I use within my role, and numerous others. And we've actually seen these types of platforms, which are much more collaborative and easy to use, replace some of the old legacy uh, platforms, obviously not naming any names, that we had in the past. So that's the one move to digital that this is forced. But then on the other hand, we've seen other industries such as specifically retail, even small-scale small retail, having to rapidly adjust to an online environment and having to change the whole way they do businesses. I'm not too sure how it is uh, where you live, but around my area, we've even seen petrol stations offer delivery-type services for their grocery stores. Wow. So there's a huge sudden push towards an online digital environment. And I think the agility of so many industries has been amazing to see. Gyms, for example, have gone to online classes and they did that almost immediately. And we've seen these types of things um, happen throughout industry. So that is fascinating. But then again, you bring up the question of sales. Now, sales is interesting. You know, I've been a salesman for many years of my life and I always like to see the whites of somebody's eyes. I always like to sit with <laughs> somebody, talk to them, understand the issues and then see how we can adapt our services or our products to help overcome those. And that's no longer the case. And I think... That's okay, actually. 
I think mm -hmm. we're going to change the way that we think about business profoundly off the back of this. So we're seeing business travel really starting to lose its, its cool factor. Uh, of course, yeah. that's just not an option right now. But I think we're, going to, we're sitting back and saying, well, are all these in-person meetings really necessary? Because right now, you and I are interacting over a, a, you know, a digital platform, and we're doing so very, very well. The days of the um, uh, online Zoom bingo uh, are gone, really, uh, I think as people become much more comfortable with them. And therefore, as we move into the sales environment, sales are going to become much more collaborative uh, and much more easy to essentially scale through this online environment. So they, what I mean by that is that salespeople moving forward will be able to interact with a much greater number of their clients more personally than ever before. And of course, in this time of unbridled disruption, uh, a very collaborative hand-holding type approach is really, really beneficial. We're seeing this with our clients now. They're desperate for solutions and we're desperate to provide those solutions. And I think that type of symbiotic relationship is now proving more useful than ever. Right. Then of course, um, you know, I think that's probably one of the best examples right now. But also we need to change the way we think about delivering services to our clients in maybe very uh, lower touch environments. So if we look mm -hmm. at e-commerce, e-commerce of course has been around for many, many years now and it's very good. If we think about our Amazon type experience, the service delivery is good, but is there really customer delight within that, that service delivery? I'd argue right. that maybe not as much customer delight in that online journey is what you could potentially expect. And I think this is again going to mean a bigger push for that more passive sales channel to mm -hmm. really, really move into digital customer delight style interactions. So we're thinking a move towards um, augmented reality interactions on e-commerce sites, virtual mall um, tours through VR headsets, those types of things that are really taking people's digital or e-commerce game to the next level. I think that is really going to be a way that sales is going to adapt and change in this new modern post-COVID world. Fantastic. That's a, a brilliant insight that you bring to the table, uh, Mike. Uh, especially with respect to e-commerce, right? Um, I have a question. We have a lot of our customers who are in the small, smaller segment. Uh, for example, uh, one of our customers uh, is into bathroom remodeling, right? A very small scale customer who is based out of uh, North America. And uh, what kind of opportunities will they be able to avail in this change? Uh, will they be able to adapt uh, as quick as you think into the, the future of the changing e-commerce models as you, as, as you just explained? Yeah, well, I think they have to. <laughs> there's, no, there's no option not to really right now. So when I say this has been online's kind of catalyst moment or big bang, it, it has to be. It's not as a nice to have anymore. Uh, but right. it's, absolutely essential and i think we've also seen a redistribution of budgets so yes there is a cost to making this happen and right. that can be a huge hindrance for especially smaller companies so right. yeah, we understand that but there's also going to be a reallocation of budgets as well so previous spend into any type of marketing activity any type of in uh, in-person marketing activity of course has been scrapped so therefore there is a, a potential to reallocate budgets even in slightly smaller companies to help move them towards that digital e-commerce environments and we know it is a challenge um, but there are a number of e-commerce companies out there that implement these strategies for smaller organizations like this. Fantastic so how uh, how difficult or uh, how neutralized will it be to personalize 
your messaging here, uh, Mike. When when the whole world is shifting to this new dynamics of uh, e-commerce and digital interactions, uh, how will the personalization look like? Uh, earlier in the sales world, the personalization is the key. Meeting them in person and having the customized set of messaging. Now everybody will be able to do that. So how will that personalization impact and how will it change? Well, I think personalization is of course important. And if we're doing this over the digital realm, we need to make sure that we're never perceived as creepy. So, right. you know, of course, the, the use of cookies, et cetera, et cetera, has been questioned for, for many, many years. Uh, and of course, we see as one of the big one of the big issues off the back of this fire environment or this one off the back of this pandemic is the breakdown of privacy. Uh, and right. the reason to say that is we're seeing a huge move now by governments to implement track and trace technology. Um, you know, China, for example, has mobilized their social credit system in a way to track and trace the movements of infected persons and to make sure that people around them are aware of their presence, which is, if you think about it, absolutely terrifying. And we've seen wow. this in China, but we've seen it in Singapore uh, and also some other countries. And of course, in the UK, where I'm from, the government is very soon going to come out with a track and trace app that we'll have, all have to download and use. So therefore, I think people are going to be more sensitive than ever about privacy and about data collection and data hacking. And I think taking that in mind, we need to be very careful that whilst personalization is, of course, hugely important as we come out to our clients, if we're, if we're using big data sources to create that personalization, I think trade very carefully would be my advice because people are already quite sensitive about the um, the security and the uh, privacy question interesting uh, uh, european region has always been ahead of the world when it comes to privacy and uh, i'm sure uh, it's going to lead the curve as well absolutely uh, so uh, how do you think the consumption uh, of content uh, that will change uh, or that is changing uh, mike uh, in comparison to the old world versus the new world? This is fascinating. This is a really interesting question because I was looking at some, some data recently. So web usage is up by over 19% at the moment. We're all stuck at home. Uh, we're all consuming huge amounts of online material right now. Right. So therefore, as an organization, I think we need to think about how we're pushing out content. And we need to think about that content really carefully because I know some major uh, technology players are suppressing COVID um, style um, content. So we need to make sure that it's not only a focus around COVID, but it is related to customers' issues or also potential products. Uh, so those types of endeavors that are a bit more generalized are great, but right now we're in a stage uh, or in a state of content cons uh, consumation or content um, consumerism. So therefore, <laughs> We need to push that as much as possible and organizations need to get as much content out there as possible that's relevant, entertaining, engaging, um, you know, that their customers can consume. But again, do so responsibly. Uh, one of the big things right now is moving to online or to a social media outreach. So right. we've seen social media uh, consumption increase by, I don't know the figures here, but I think by up to 14% uh, in light of the pandemic. But then we've seen social media advertising actually drop as budgets have been rethought for a lot of the organizations out there that have a budget to reallocate into this area. 
What I will say is because of these new measures that social media organizations are introducing, such as reducing COVID-style content and, of course, fake news, the review process for getting your content online has increased. So that needs to be something that you think about as you create content and as you push it out. So my advice would be to keep your content as pre-COVID compliant as possible, um, mm -hmm. but make sure there's a regular cadence of this and think about maybe using social media channels if it's uh, applicable for your industry. Wow, uh, that's fascinating. Yeah, we will definitely keep that in mind, uh, Mike. When you kind of uh, look at the entire change, uh, if you can classify uh, into into magnitudes of three, uh, that this is the lowest impact, this is the high, you know, this is impacted at the at the modular level, and this is the highest impact. Uh, what would those three be? Uh, in terms of just overall kind of macroeconomic changes. Yes, it's a very good question. So I would say. At your bottom level, I think we as a society have now become more digitally sociable, which I think is a great thing. That, that can impact numerous uh, fields for organizations out there as they look to, to push product sets and so on. Uh, so anything that encourages digital collaboration between family, friends, but also business colleagues have be, would be extremely popular. So if we've seen the new product that's come out from Facebook, uh, I can't think of the name right now, but there's the online little device that helps you make, uh, uh, you know, online interactions with your family and friends. So I think that at the bottom level is a core change that we're going to see from this. The next is going to be the impact to the way that we view business travel and face-to-face -face interactions. I think now we're going to look at this and say, well, is all the travel we've been doing firstly sociable, socially responsible? So we've seen just how the impact is. Um, to the environment uh, off the back of this pandemic. You know, we're seeing fish in the um, canals of Venice. We're seeing dolphins to returning to certain parts of Italy. You know, all of these types of changes have been incredible. I think air pollution has dropped uh, by 19 or 20% in many of the world's major capitals, which is fantastic. So we've seen just how dramatic this impact can be as we don't travel as much, we don't consume quite as much as well. So I think our attitudes towards global warming and about unnecessary travel are definitely going to change as well but then for me one of the scariest things is the economic crisis that we're going to see off this back of this impact so that's right at the top tier and for me as a trained as an economist i am very very concerned people in the travel and hospitality industries right now are already suffering and we need to keep that in mind certain industries such as essential retail are booming of course uh, and of course pharmaceutical is is booming as well but the impacts to huge swathes of our society are going to be felt and they're going to be felt for a number of years in the uk we've had massive massive um you know, lending to help the, you know buoy up the economy which has been fantastic but it's not a long-term solution and of course we as taxpayers are going to have you're going to be having to pay this back for years to come so what i'm worried is you know reduced spending in the economies uh, which will have a knock-on impact to again impact numerous parts of industry so i think that's needs to be a top tier consideration for many many organizations i think cost cutting is going to be a big a big hot topic moving forward um, maybe reductions in physical space a physical uh, retail space uh, or office space as well so rethinks of those and yeah then just essentially um, we need to build again that's going to be the, the, the you know the next big topic. Don't we all, uh, Mike? Definitely. Uh, so uh, I'm going to tie your last response uh, with the previous one here, uh, Mike. So you you just talked about um, how um, 
it is impacting the people in terms of cost and the rebuilding their lives and so on. So a lot of people are losing their livelihoods and jobs, especially in, in this part of the world. Uh, there are so many job losses that's happening at massive scale. And we are also trying to be very responsible while messaging uh, and uh, while taking our content to the market. And what would be the best approach to do that in, in your personal uh, thinking, Mike, uh, to be responsible, but at the same time, uh, push the sales and our content uh, to the target audience? First, it needs to be relatable. So I think that's the one thing. Make sure your content is relatable and mm -hmm more aware of, by, of, you know, me more aware than you ever were before um, to make sure that there's nothing insensitive in the, in the content you're pushing out. So relatable, sensitive, uh, also socially responsible as well. Make sure that any of the products or services you're delivering do not uh, in contra in contravene any types of um, local laws where your products have been sold, your services have been sold. So I think make sure that is in place first. And I think if you follow those three approaches, you should be quite good to go. So relatable, sensitive, and of course, law abiding in a certain, ge in, you know, in a ge geographic basis. Fantastic. So this is again, uh, broad based, uh, but I come back to this uh, again, you, you did mention this, you, you covered it, the first response itself, but if you can give, uh, just like how you said, uh, for the content strategy, relatable, sensitive, and socially responsible. If you can give it uh, three or maybe more or less strategies for a sales rep to take their in-person sales strategy to online medium, what would they be, Mike? Okay, so I think we need to rethink our um, uh, NLP strategies, so neuro-linguistic programming. You've got to rethink that. It's, it's very different uh, doing that as in an online environment as opposed to a face-to-face -face environment. Right. So therefore, we need to be more aware of ever uh, on how to match and mirror, match tone of our clients, understand their unique concerns because of course if you remove the business facade from any professional we're all going through a very very strange time that can cause huge amounts of anxiety and added stress that we didn't have before so i think being aware of that and then adapting your um, persona and your nlp strategy accordingly is one particularly effective method and then moved from if you are a hard salesman, I think maybe drop that tactic right now because we need to, we need to be more, much more collaborative in the way we work with our clients, more so than ever before. Of course, it's always hugely important, but right now also. So be collaborative uh, and look to problem solve uh, as more than you ever have before. I think if you follow those two methods, and of course, then a, a huge amount of understanding. Many of the execs that we speak to right now under huge amounts of financial pressure within their organizations as they see declining, um, declining demand rates for products and services, whilst others are in exactly the opposite uh, bucket. So I think having a level of understanding in, for the industry that you're selling to. So make sure you're doing your reading, make sure you're keeping up to date with uh, local legislation and local laws that are changing. And you essentially need to be a, almost a consultant more than a salesman with your clients right now. So make sure that you're up to date with all the local news as, you, as it relates to restrictions on lockdown policy, also all industry news and how the industry as a whole is responding and any types of best practice that you can uh, identify. Be sure to come forward to your clients with these types of best practice approaches. And I think if you follow those three steps, you should make a quite a smooth move to this online sales environment. Fantastic. I, I think uh, 
this is a good takeaway, uh, Mike. I, I will be able to transcribe them and uh, put that across as well. So uh, thank you so much. I think uh, that was quite an informative chat. Uh, and uh, do you have any closing thoughts, Mike, uh, as, a, as a takeaway? Well, I think, you know, I think we've covered most of it right now, you know, just make sure that you are the the purveyor of, of wisdom to your clients. Make sure that you, you, you make sure you're coming up with relevant, relatable content um, that takes into account all the nuances of the, the situation as it unfolds. So don't be naive or don't be ignorant of any of the changes that are happening around you because your clients are going to need all that type of insight as they look to adapt their businesses to this new changing world that we're dealing with. Uh, but uh, Dinesh, thanks very, very much for having me on the, on the webinar today. Love chatting to you. And I think we've covered some really interesting content. Indeed, totally. Uh, I would agree with you, Mike. Uh, uh, it was quite a, quite a revelation. You, you did bring in some really nice points uh, and I'm sure this will be uh, very much relatable for uh, quite a few of our audience and uh, they'll be able to take away a wealth of knowledge. Fantastic. Well, thank you.